2: Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. A lot to get into here on a Wednesday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Kids Hotline. And joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona and Hey Wiley. Hey, I got to start with you. How are you doing, my friend? I haven't talked to you in a minute.
1: Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a while. But, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still good. I'm still cooking. Jake went 0-2 last week. kids are going... Um, Want to know right now. So I'm a happy camper. I'm not ecstatic about how well they did. Um, I think they should have killed Wake Forest a lot more on Monday, but you know, still happy. A win's a win. I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> so, but I don't know. Yeah, happy, happy about the Super Bowl. I know we were probably, everybody's probably wondering what the heck I think about that. Um, I did not get as wasted as my friend, but I definitely <laughs> got a friend of mine drunk because of Taylor Swift. So all those Swifties out there, thank you for getting my friend drunk. He didn't even last for the fourth quarter. It was glorious. So, um, yeah, that, it was, it was fun. I, I actually had a really good time, um, uh, during the Super Bowl, even though, um, my prop bets didn't pan out. But other than that,
0: I'm good. I'm good with it. I don't it's think fine. anyone's did G. Hey, I don't think anyone's hit. No. <laughs> That's the story.
1: I mean, how, how does Kelsey not get at least 75 yards? I kind of don't blame <laughs> him for yelling at Angie Reed for not getting more touches. I'm like, I just need 76 yards, man. Like, We're not know,
0: asking, for asking, asking for much here. It? Yeah. We're That's not like, asking for much.
1: I don't think it was a lot to ask for 75 yards from Kelsey. he
2: <laughs> <laughs> The one thing G. A. likes better than a Duke win, I got to imagine, is if North Carolina loses. Uh, what do you think of Syracuse last <laughs> night defeating UNC? Uh,
1: you did not want to be in <laughs> my vicinity. I was jumping up and down. This couch is glorious, man. I mean, any time Duke could win and North Carolina could lose, I'm I'm the happy happy camper. Um, yeah, no, it's well that Clemson lost too. Uh, amazing, amazing. Watch out for Clemson, guys. If you um, want like a little sleeper uh, pick, watch out for Clemson. They are legit. They are very, very good. Um, So I'm really hoping they do well in the ACC tournament so they can qualify. I would love to see Clemson actually play in the tourney. There
2: is uh, something that I wanted to bring up with Jihei and Grant. I I wanted your thoughts uh, uh, with this topic too, but Jihei, I'll start with you here just because you know the man. Um, Chip, Chip Kelly made the unique decision, and I and, and I I don't know if we've heard from him yet. I, I know UCLA yesterday officially announced Deshaun Foster is the new head coach, but um, Chip Kelly um, stepping down as head coach of UCLA to become the um, offensive coordinator at Ohio State again within the same conference. Now, right? I mean, I, I don't know if we've ever seen that before—a head coach for. I mean, I, I can call them a prominent at least. a program. I mean, everyone knows UCLA he's so stepping out as the head coach to become a coordinator.
1: Gia, just your thoughts on that, I guess. You know what? Um, I could be, if I can be candid, I, um, I'm i happy for him because I think that he, this is just my opinion, um, I don't know, I'm not going to speak for him by any means, but for me, I think that he's better off in this role because it adds less pressure on him. He can kind of do what he wants and it, And being an offensive schematic mind is more in his wheelhouse, right? Um, Being able to have that kind of freedom is more in his wheelhouse. So I think that this is a great move for him. Um, I know everybody's saying like it's a step down. I think it's great because it allots him a lot more freedom. Um, He doesn't have to go and kind of, you know, kiss babies and shake hands or anything like that anymore. So I think that that in and of itself is is a good move on his part. Um, As far as the money's concerned, I don't know if it's a step down. I have no clue how much he's making or not making. Um, you know, that's that's up to him and his management team, but I, I think this is a great move. I'm super psyched for him. I did, I did text his wife and said, Congratulations. I'm really, I'm actually more close with Jill than I am with uh Chip, but I do love Chip. He's a sweetheart. He's a, such a great guy, like, probably the most. I mean, Arashi met him. He's the most yeah. mellow man on the planet, and he's super chill. Um, way too nice. Um, I, I thought to be a coach, I was like, Man, you were just a really good guy. Um, uh, very, very soft spoken. So, I think that. No, this is a good move for him, just um, in that direction of not having to kind of have that kind of pressure on him and stuff. You know, so I think know, that's a great move.
2: You know what? You bring up a great point, G. Hey, it, it, it's not that. Listen, I think at this point in his life, this is what he wants to do, and I commend him for that. I, I think there is a lot. Uh, listen, uh, you. have I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Uh, Nick Saban chose right now to step down and go into TV. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Jim Harbaugh took this time to be like, all right, what's, what's the next best pro job out there? The chargers job and chip Kelly, just looking at the landscape, uh, looking at what a lot of the boosters and, 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 and some alumni, I think they flew a plane over their facility. Like uh he was on a hot seat. And I don't know what he could have done to save his job. And, and, Uh, You know, from what I've heard, you know, didn't really love going out there recruiting. To G.A.'s point, shaking hands, kissing babies, and stuff like that. And like, uh, the the role of a head coach has changed. Um, And now with UCLA going into the Big Ten, um, listen, what does he want to do? He still wants to coach football. What does he love to do? Loves coaching the offense. Love coaching quarterbacks. Wouldn't mind just recruiting quarterbacks and like offensive players, but. Uh, it, it takes a different breed, and I'm not saying that he couldn't do it. But listen, it's very clear that he did not want to do it to become a head coach. And to become a head coach in this time period where the turnover is so great—like uh, before you play a bowl game, you have uh, players going into the transfer portal—it's um, something else. Great, your your thoughts? I like, get it. It was just such a unique story because I think, and, and I know he was up for a couple of pro coordinator jobs i mean you could have made the argument i guess like even that would have been a little weird but i think you could have made the sense well you know listen he's going to pro football um to go within the conference uh again i i had not done any homework i don't think we've ever seen that i don't think we've ever seen a head coach resign from his position and to go to, to go to become a coordinator within the conference your thoughts when you heard the uh the news
0: yeah, it's uh you know some people are just built to be coordinators and some guys just are thriving in roles as coordinators. I mean, look at Steve Spagnuolo, right? I mean, he was a head coach for the Rams and he did an okay job, but he is thriving as the Chiefs defensive coordinator right now. And there's just some people that thrive in different roles like Okay, like, I, I honestly think at UCLA this past year, he did a pretty adequate job. I think that they had a pretty decent year considering, you know, what they had the year before that. Um, they had a chance to get nine wins this year, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, their defense was great, obviously, because of DeAnton Lynn. Um, But yeah, I, I think, look, I think this is the best for him. I think that he thrives in these types of situations. I think that him being such a great offensive mind, I think him having just that to worry about and not really having to be the Main guy to recruit, and obviously, he's going to have a hand in recruiting, but to not have the main hand in everything, I think that helps some guys. And some guys are just built, like I just said, some guys are just built for coordinator roles. There's some people that are really, really good in those roles, and he's one of them. He's still a great offensive mind. It's just that, you know, maybe the situation didn't call for it, maybe he feels more comfortable in Ohio. There's just so many different factors that we don't take into account. So I think this is just the best option for Chip right now. Uh, And then, really quick, yeah, yeah,
1: please. Oh, and just before we end on the topic, I really wanted to just add, we're going to see a lot more of these guys, like these older to either take yeah. those some, what everybody calls some like subservient role, right? They're going to take the OC job at whatever school or in the pros versus that head coaching job because dealing with that NIL money yes. is no joke. Dealing with, you know, dealing with the transfer portal again is no joke. They have to constantly be wondering, like, am I going to lose this guy in the season? Am I going to lose him at the half half of the season? You know, like, what am I going to be doing um, in order to keep these guys? So, like, now they actually really truly have to be competitive just within their own team to keep some of these guys on their roster due to the NIL and the transfer portal. And that's something that's uncharted territory for a lot of these older coaches, I mean, not going to not save him, but you know he didn't like the transfer portal and the yeah. NIL money rolling in. The second that that happened, he's like, you know, this is going to kill football. It's like, no, dude, you've you got to adjust with the time. You have to move on with the time. These kids should have been making this money from the get-go. So now they finally are, and now you have to deal with it. So we're going to see a lot more of this happen in the future. I mean, hot take, but I think Gino um, from UConn is going to be gone real soon. Yeah, like I'm talking, like like maybe this after this season, or maybe like a couple seasons from now. But he's gonna he's gonna retire soon because he he doesn't like the transfer portal. He doesn't like the NIL deals. He doesn't like all that stuff right now. Too, it's just a different time. You gotta adjust. You gotta move on. That was the only thing I wanted to add. You you brought up Gino,
2: and I have to say, like I have become such a USC women's basketball fan because of Juju (laughs) Watkins. And when you think about the transfer portal portal, there, um. Like, I can imagine some players just wanting to play with her. I mean, you got the star power. You got Will Ferrell talking to the the, the <laughs> team the other day, and Cheryl Miller showing up. Ted Lasso was there. Um, so, again, and, and because it is the way it is, I mean, she's, she's going to be there for a few years or at least, um, you know, a couple of years. Um, all right, switching gears. Wanted to talk about the Lakers game last night. The Lakers, the Lakers defeated the Detroit Pistons 125-111. Um, Anthony Davis finishing with 20 points 14 boards four assists, six blocks um Grant we we've touched on this and um you know I think we both agree that we like that the Lakers uh stuck with who they had they have now won five of six games their one loss was against the Denver nuggets no um you know shame there uh I really like what they've done and and uh, this is where I think that they can go on a run and again, like, I wanted to see them make a move. Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to be the major headline, but I, I think he could be uh, the right player to kind of help this team, team out. At the end of the day, as you know, as we've talked about, if Anthony Davis is doing what he did last night, if LeBron James is being who he has been historically in, in his career, this team can go on a run. Uh, what have you liked about what this team has done so far?
0: Yeah, I think it's just the the fact that how they're playing, Arash. It's the process. It's uh, they're getting out in transition, which is what they thrive at, and what they thrived at last year. Um, the two main stars are healthy, and they're playing excellent. Austin Reeves is is playing out of his mind. D'Angelo Russell is shooting the heck out of the ball. Um, and you know, like we mentioned in, in last night's show, is that you know Spencer Dinwiddie. Sure, he's not going to give you a ton, but he can give you something while Gabe Vincent's hurt, while yeah. Max Christie's hurt, and uh, you know, he had a rough game last night, but he just, you know, he just got to the team. There's a lot of things he has to work through. People are going to start coming after him on, on Twitter and, and on social media, but relax. It's fine. He has to work his way into the team. Um, they looked excellent, and they've been really good over the past week. Like you said, the only loss was to the Denver Nuggets, and even that loss, they were in the game until the last three minutes. Yes. So you can kind of point at that and say they were actually competitive in that game, too. Um, and if I'm looking at their upcoming schedule, I know they have a back-to-back tonight against the Jazz uh, in Utah, which is where even the Kobe Lakers had problems there Um, so you never know about that one then they play the Warriors who have also been on a hot streak they play the, the Spurs the Suns the Clippers the Wizards so there's some teams that you can look at and be like okay that's an easy win but it's kind of a gauntlet if you look at the Warriors, the Suns, and the Clippers, but here's the thing about this. If this was about a month ago, Arash, I would be saying, oh my god, I don't know what their record's going to be after this. Right now, with the way they're playing, Arash, I could say a 4-2, and 5-1, and one, yeah. just because they match up well against the Clippers. We've seen that already. They always play well against the Warriors, and they, they always play competitive against the Suns, and Bradley Beal just got hurt. So, I can see them going on a little bit of a run here, like you said, and it seems like always, Arash, around February this happened last year yeah. in the middle of February they just click it up a notch and it looks like they're doing the same thing again and uh, this is why I always thought that the Lakers could be a hidden a sleeping sleeping contender just because they have the roster still they're playing the guys that they should and you know if they get healthier I mean just watch out that's all I'm saying I'm not saying anything right now but I'm just saying watch out
2: yeah I mean there's a, there's a gap between the top four teams and the other teams in the West in terms of you know you got the Timberwolves the Thunder the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets in the top four. Um, the Lakers right now are about three, three and a half back of the five seed. Um, so you know, and again, if you're if you're the fifth or sixth seed, uh, you're not in that play-in tournament. I remember talking to LeBron James last year in Utah at the um, uh, um, at the break, and basically they had to go on a run. I mean, their, their postseason began when they came back from Utah following the break, and they had to go on. A crazy run, or at least a run that they had not had that, that entire season. But you you were thinking, well, listen, they've added D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, whatnot. Uh, again, if those guys stay healthy, when you look at who they have, their new starting five, I guess, D'Angelo, Monster Reeves, Rui Hachimura, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Uh, basically, the lineup that uh, you guys love and I love, but again, you, kinda, you have to sub out. Rui for Jared because yeah. uh, Jared Vanderbilt is hurt right now um GA your thoughts on the Lakers you know I mean do you think they can go on a run here and um listen, I mean, I think there's they're certainly in the play in tournament now but uh, their, their goal obviously will probably be that seed and not play
1: in a play in tournament game. Look, I, I agree with Grant on this one. You know, they're playing to the level of their competition, right, with the with that Nuggets loss, uh, but they still were in contention. They were still playing, um, you know, up up to a certain kind of level. Um, they're beating the teams they need to beat as of late, and I think that they'll just continue on with that. I, I think the main thing is keeping, you know, your two main guys and LeBron and AD healthy, right? Like, just keep the – if you can – if they can stay consistently good – then play in is inevitable. I don't think that that's even going to be a question, right? It's just how far can they go po- post that play in? Yeah. Um, but seeding, but yeah, I mean, look, anything's possible <laughs> with the Lakers, right? I never, I never count this team out, even though there's so many Laker naysayers out there that are just like, you know, we're not playing up. I think it's just because like expectations are so high for that team every single year that. Especially For some people, when they don't match, you know, hey, we have the two of the best in the the game and we're not, you know, in the top five consideration or we're not uh, playing in the top five kind of ranking, that everybody kind of just gives up on them. So it's just like everybody needs to slow down, calm your calm yourself a little bit, and let's just see how they pl- how they play it out. I, I think that you know they see the writing on the wall. They know what's what to expect, and they know what they they need to do in order to at least even just get into the play. So I, I will never count them out ever, unless like, something really bad happens. Something really 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 bad has to happen, like both AD and LeBron are out or something like that, and they have nobody. So
2: yeah, uh, GK, we didn't get a chance to chat with you yesterday. Your thoughts, uh, and I talked about this with Grant, and you can. Chime in as well, but just, you know, uh, the game a couple of nights ago, uh, home against the wolves was such a really a big game for them. A going for the one seed going up against the team that that has been the uh, one seed in the West this entire season. And, um, they didn't just lose. I mean, they, they got run off the floor. Um, does that make you rethink, um, how you view this Clippers team going into again the stretch run where they're within a shot of the one seed, but. Man, as Grant touched on yesterday, and I'll let him make that point again, You know, whether they go up against a team with sides, like the Wolves or Denver, they
1: don't look that good. I think it's going to be hard. I don't think it's impossible. Um, You know what? The way that they are playing, one game is not killing it for me. Now, if they consistently are like this and they can't play the level of competition like that, then yeah, we'll have an issue, right? But I, I think that for me right now, as it stands at this current moment in time, that one game is not going to sway me on um, how well this Clipper team is going to do because this entire season, collectively so far, they've blown me out of the water. I never thought in a million years that I would be cheering for James Harden.
0: So,
1: <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, people can change, stuff changes. And, you know, we. Uh, I think all of us are kind of in agreement of like, where was he going to fit? How is he going to get in touches? Yeah. How is he going to blend with this team? We said the same thing about Russ. Like, there's so many different factors in this, on this team that we didn't think were going to work. And they're blending, they're meshing, they're, they're putting all their egos aside and they're playing what they, the kind the of basketball they need to play. I'm grateful for it. I'm still going to be the pessimistic Flipper fan because, you know, we haven't won the West yet. But once that happens and we go past that, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for this. So far, I'm very happy. I'm exceptionally happy, and um, I just hope they continue this run. Brent, uh Real quick, before we go go to break, last two minutes here. Uh, do you think
2: the break's coming? Uh, with the, do you, do you like the timing of the break again? Now, two games back of the one seed. Uh, like, is this break coming? Um, had a good time.
0: Oh, the Clippers? Oh, oh, absolutely. They are dragging their feet. They are lazy. They are tired, and I can just tell they're not playing the same basketball that they were a month ago, and Kawhi Leonard just got announced that he has an adductor injury, which usually takes about a week to a week and a half, maybe two weeks. So now there's nine days in between games, right? They play tonight against the Warriors, but he has nine days to get healthy. He will be out tonight, but um, I think that they all just need rest, and this is what happens when you have an older team, and gee, hey, You're right. Like, I think that if they're healthy come playoff time, that's what we've all been waiting for, right? Um... If they're healthy, they have a chance. And I try not to get too much PTSD. I try not to get too worried about, you know, one minor injury or, you know, something, one minor thing going wrong. But, uh, you know, it's just the the way Clipper fans are, Rosh. When one little thing bad happens, we kind of think the sky is falling. So uh, I'm here to tell Clipper fans to just calm down a little bit. We have four superstars. Let them get their rest and let's go for the stretch run.
2: By the way, I mean, again, you, you have every reason to feel that way. Steve Ballmer now feels that way. He didn't when he first got the team, but year after year of having uh, Kawhi and the last couple of years, Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it, it is un—it is crazy to think that a team could be without their top two stars as soon as the playoffs start. So, um, listen, the Clippers, as long as they are healthy, in my view, uh, they certainly have a chance. To win the whole thing all right let's leave it there for now when we come back did not get a chance to uh, talk to uh, g about uh, las vegas as not only a super bowl town but maybe in that rotation of getting it once every few years we'll hit that and so much more when we come back right here on the mightier 1090 in southern california the bet in las vegas and the hawaii sports radio network
0: we'll be right back with the arash markazi show on the mightier 1090 espn radio
2: Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, color hotline, 310-400-0340. Um, before we went to break, I touched on this. Uh, G. Hey, Wiley, unfortunately, was not with me on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. First time in, uh, our, I guess this is year four. Yeah. We were in Tampa during the pandemic. There was no one at Radio Row but us. So that was lonely. Uh, and then it came to Los Angeles. So that was fun. We got our kind of feet wet. Kind of got a sense of what we were doing there. And then we were in Phoenix, bigger. Uh, Vegas was something else, GA, and we missed you there. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, The league, obviously, no surprise here, and I touched on this with Grant um, last night. Uh, The league loves Las Vegas, and they're trying to figure out, you know, when they're going to come back. They love the footprint. Um, a lot of people made fun of the Luxor being the media hotel, but quite frankly, perfectly located uh, it's across the bridge from Allegiant Stadium connected to the Mandalay Bay, which was the media center and Radio Row and the NFL experience and all that good stuff there. So um, you didn't have to leave the hotel. Um, and again, when you land in Vegas and you go to your hotel, uh, basically all the parties, all the events... Everything you have to uh, do that week is on the strip, except for the two teams staying in Lake Las Vegas. And again, that's really only affects the teams and the media. And the uh, league did a good job of having transportation uh, for the media who wanted to cover that press conferences. Anyway, GA, uh, a lot was made about the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas. I know you weren't there, but you love Las Vegas. Uh, you watched the game and all the stuff that that was happening. Uh, thoughts on the Super Bowl in Vegas, and obviously, perhaps. You're not surprised that the league is trying to figure out how soon they can come back.
1: First of all, I want to say I had major FOMO. I was trying not <laughs> to look at my social media because every person, like I'm talking friends, family, etc., were at the Super Bowl th- this past week. Whether it was media, ro- whether it was Radio Row, or whether it was just to actually go to the Super Bowl, so I had major FOMO when it came to that. So thanks, all my friends out there, for posting <laughs> all this stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Vegas does it right because, I mean, they they have the experience. Like, I mean, this is basically just like a bigger, grander version of a convention for everybody, yeah. right? Like if everybody is just going to go to this one event and they're so used to people coming to a one event kind of one-off thing, whether it's EDC or whether it's, you know, the rodeo that they always hold over there or like one of the biggest, you know, um, construction Worker yeah. convention, you know, food beverage conventions. They, Vegas does it right. They know how to do it and they know how to hold big, huge events, um, you know, within a short period of time. And this was one whole week. This, by the way, this was the first time that I ever saw the NFL do anything for Monday. Yeah. Because they never ever do anything for the first night of Radio Row. There's nothing. Like I don't even go in on Mondays for Radio Row and they did this huge event. Um, where the media can go and, and interview all everybody out there, and, and which I thought was great, which I thought that sh- that's the way it should always be. Again, this is why I said Vegas does it right. Like, this is the way it should be. You go out day one, you don't have to party, but you can just go and see these guys and see the NFL experience, et cetera, all that stuff. So I thought um, they did it great. And it just – it makes sense. This totally makes sense. This is why people go every single year, myself included – um, to Vegas for March Madness, they yeah. go every single year for the Super Bowl. They go every single year for college playoffs for like anything, right? The Pac-12 tournament um, is hosted there. Like, there's like so many things that Vegas just does right. It does not. It doesn't shock me that Vegas um, is in contention or should be in contention yeah. in their in their brain in the NFL's brain for doing this. If it's not annually. Every other year, every three years, it's fine. I mean, I get sharing the pie, right? You got, you gotta. You can't, you can't be so selfish by giving Vegas the Super Bowl. Yes, you can. I know, right? Yes, (laughs) you can. It would be awesome. I'm not gonna lie; it would be great. I do, however, feel bad for that traffic that was down there. That had to be crazy. But you know what? It was.
2: It was one of those things. Like, I don't want to blame you know tourists. Like, you should not. You should not on a Wednesday. Without a big event, be driving on the strip. I mean, yeah. the fact that like anyone is driving on the actual strip, um, is crazy to me. And I don't want to like act like a local. I mean, I do live here half the time now, but I, I, like, even if I didn't, G.A. Hey and great. You've been there enough. Yeah. I mean, who's driving on the strip on a Friday <laughs> night or a Saturday night before the strip? Well, it's madness. I mean, you might as well try to drive down Times Square, uh, before something big happens. So I mean, I, I get it. The traffic wasn't great, but it wasn't like, there was ways around it. And again, that, you know, that, that goes to, you know, if you've been here a couple times, kind of like uh, that uh, drive that I know GA and Grant have made, I mean, you got to time it right. Don't, don't, don't right. drive uh Sunday at three o'clock trying to drive <laughs> back to Los Angeles. You'll be on the uh, freeway for forever. Um, okay. I, uh, there's so much that I want to get into uh, in, in terms of this upcoming season, but I want to get your thoughts on this grant. The Rams tweet, uh, not only tweeted out, they sent a mass email. And I loved it because this this would be something that I would have done or, or a fan would have done. I think it was going back to uh, like even before Sean McVay was the coach where you missed the playoffs. What was it? like? It was like you, uh, you miss the playoffs, you make the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then you get to the Super Bowl or something like that. <laughs> yeah. it really, basically, it lines up for the Rams to have last year missed the playoffs, this year made the playoffs. And next year they should get back into the Super Bowl. Um, your thoughts on that? Again, I, I think at the end of the day, and here's how I judge the favorites. And I, and I wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts on the futures, uh, that have already been released, but I wanted to touch on this. My thought process always is, uh, quarterback coach combo. I would say Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford went healthy. Um, that, that's up there as a, I think a top five kind of coach quarterback combo. Your thoughts on, uh, again, we, we touched on this. So we'll touch on it more. Plus 3000, I think. I mean, they're, they're certainly not favorites. Uh, your thoughts on the Rams potentially getting back to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty surprised why they are just kind of slept on right now. They had a bounce-back year. Um, they have guys that emerged, so now you have new kind of stars in the league. You had two all-pro guys. Uh, Matthew Stafford made another Pro Bowl, which just feel like nobody's talking about. He wasn't even in, in the comeback player of the year conversations, really. Um, it was just based off of Joe Flacco. Um and I just think that the Rams right now are in an excellent position to to compete for a Super Bowl again. And I can kind of see why the odds are so low. Um, it's probably just because they have a lot of injury concerns, but. If last year was any indication of it, it looks like those guys can remain healthy for a good amount of time. And even when they're not healthy, they can kind of sustain that winning culture. And like you said, Arash, when you have a coach like Sean McVay, who has been proven to win a Super Bowl, he's gone to two already, and they've been in the playoffs almost every year. They have a cycle. When you have a guy like that, and when you have a a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who, in my opinion, Arash, is one of the best quarterbacks still in the league. I mean, if you go in the NFC, I still have him top three in the NFC see in quarterbacks, top three, I'm saying top three, um, just based off of his play. I mean, in the second half, he was electric. So they have tons of cap space. They have their first first round pick since they drafted Jared Goff. They have plenty of draft picks later in rounds where we know that Les Snead can go out and get two fifth rounders and Kyron (laughs) Williams (laughs) and Puka Nakua and turn them into something. So I think that this is like probably the last go with this core. I think that's what they're kind of banking on is this is the last go with Cooper Cup because it looks like Cooper Cup took a step back from his hamstring injury. Aaron Donald's getting up there in age. Stafford's getting up there in age. And I think this might be the last go where they just push all their chips to the table, a la Vegas, and go all in uh, for another Super Bowl because they have the talent. They have the young stars. And... Frankly, I don't know why they are just so slept on again. Because last year they were slept on, and they proved a lot of people wrong, and this year they probably will be too. So I don't really get it.
2: Uh, all right, GA, hey, I'm, I'm gonna uh, read and Grant. I'll, I'll have you chime in uh, too. But I, uh, okay, so let's go over the list. Uh, San Francisco plus six hundred, Chiefs plus six hundred. Again, not surprising there that they normally just you know kind of go with the teams that, that just played in the Super Bowl. Then you get to Baltimore plus nine hundred. No shot there, Lions. Plus 1200. Again, they, they, they've, uh, going back to the teams that at least played in the conference championship game. Now is where it gets kind of interesting after that. Bills plus 1200. Bengals plus 1600. Cowboys plus uh, 1600. The Cowboys are just kind of, kind of like, always going to be in there. Uh, Eagles plus 1700. Dolphins plus 2000 Texans plus 2500. Packers plus 2500. Jets plus 3000. The Chargers and the Rams are right with the Jaguars, by the way, at plus three thousand. Um, GK, wanted to get your thoughts first on the Rams, and then uh, wanted to get both of your thoughts on the Chargers. But the Rams, GK, uh, plus three thousand going into next season. I mean,
1: I'm with Grandma. I'm with Graham. I'm with Grant on this (laughs) one. Sorry, Grant. I'm with Grant on this one. Um, (laughs) I'm with Grant on this one. You know, this, this might, and you, you as well, Raj, if they can keep that core healthy, this might be the last hurrah for these, all these guys getting together. Take that plus 3000 for the Rams. I'll take that. That's a, heck yeah, man. I will so take that because that, like, you're getting all of these guys back as as far as I know, right? You're getting your main, main guys. You're getting, you know your Cooper Cups of the world. You're getting your your Jared. Or you're getting sorry, not Jared. You're getting your um your Aaron Donalds. You're getting your Puka. You're you're getting all your weapons back on the offense and defensive end. I mean, if if McVeigh can make some some adjustments <laughs> offensively, um, at the last when he's doing like last second play calling, I'm good with this squad. I could I can see them you know adjusting and and at least making it to the Super Bowl with this squad healthy. I mean that's obviously. Saying a lot. Um, as far as the as far as the Chargers are concerned, I'll believe it when I see it because yeah. this is a brand new. You know, this is a brand new coach. They're going to have to make adjustments. I mean, I know it's called the not-for-long league, but at the same time, like you know, he, and he's been there before. I'll give Harbaugh all the credit in the world. He has been there before. He has, and his eventual goal is obviously to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's the holy grail, right? Win one in college as a coach, win yeah. one as a as a pro coach as well. So I think. You know his mindset is there. I just think it's going to take some time with this team, right? So yeah. once that happens, you know, great, good for you. But I, I'm not, I'm not putting all my chips like Grant would say in, in my in one basket. I'm not pushing it all to the forefront. Um, in the middle and putting it all on one color or one team. So I just, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. Now maybe if the odds were like fifty to one. Maybe LG yeah. for the Chargers, but like, do you, it's well, got to be something astronomical for me to believe that the Chargers are going to, you know, even be in contention for a Super Bowl next year. I mean, you got to imagine that the reasons that the Chargers
2: are kind of where they are, and again, it's not like they have great odds, but they're right in there with the, um, you know, with the Rams and the uh, Jaguars is Jim Harbaugh. And, and I want to bring this up because I think it's really important to note uh, that Harbaugh took over a 49ers team. Uh, this is back, you know, 2011, uh, that was below 500, uh, the previous, I don't know, seven, eight, nine seasons. I mean, like they, they had not made the playoffs. They were a dormant franchise. Year one, 13 and three conference championship game. G.A. will remember who they lost to. They, they lost to the Giants in the conference championship game. 2012, come back, uh, you know, basically 12 and four lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl, come back the following year, 12-4 and four, conference championship game. Again, the, he he didn't win the Super Bowl, and I think it's one of the big reasons that, that he's back. But if you can give me plus 3,000 on a team that I think is going to get to the conference championship game, and then at that point, it's like, hey, they're in the top four. I mean, I think the value there is so great because I think at the very least, when you look at uh, Herbert and the talent that they've had, They've had the talent to be a top four team. They've had the talent to be a team that, you know, would not be crazy to say, yeah, like they'll be in the conference championship game. So if you can get plus 3000 on a team that that I think has a shot to be in that game, I certainly would take that. Grant, your thoughts on the uh, Chargers?
0: Yeah. I think that that they really just needed that culture change. They need like, like we've been saying, even Jihei and I have been saying like, it was never about the roster. Like, of course they have some holes here and there, but it was always about the injuries and the coaching. And, for them to be shot up all the way with the Rams in terms of odds, um, that speaks volumes to what kind of coach Jim Arbaugh is. Um, yeah. Because like you said, Arash, I have full belief that they can get to a conference championship. They've even played the Chiefs very well in the regular season. And I guarantee you, if the Chargers would have played the Chiefs, not this year, but last year, if they would have gotten past the Jaguars and not given up that 27 yeah. nothing lead... I think they could have given the Chiefs a run for their money, and that's just because I'm looking at the rosters football wise. Now you have... basically a whole new revamped coaching staff. I mean, Jim Harbaugh went in there and did work. Not just that, but they have the ability to do something great in the draft. They have the ability to get a playmaker like Roma Duneze, who Jihei and I love, and you you do too. They have the ability to get a Brock Bowers, who is an excellent talent. So, they have so many avenues now to go, not just with the coaching staff, but with the roster, and I'm assuming Austin Eckler is going to be on his way out. He was almost on his way out last offseason. They have the ability to Shore up that position as well. I think that right now, I mean, those odds are looking pretty nice right now. Yeah, so just, um and I and I expect them and I expect them to go up too, just because I think this team's gonna be very good next year.
2: Uh let's close out on this. There was a nice fun you could always go back home moment in the NBA. Shaq getting his number 32 retired by the Orlando Magic. G and I are the same age. And I think this is so right. I mean, Shaq deserved to get his number 32 retired. I mean, when I think of the Orlando Magic, um, I think of Shaq and Penny Hardaway. And there's no yep. doubt that 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 he should have had this moment again. The way he left wasn't so great. He didn't say the best things on his way out. There was a poll that was taken in the local newspaper, the Orlando Sentinel, basically saying, you know, and this was back in the day when, um, you know, the contracts pale in comparison to what they are now, but basically, you know, Shaq doesn't deserve to make that much. And so, uh, but again, he's meant so much to that franchise. You don't, you cannot tell the story of the Orlando Magic without telling the story of Shaquille O'Neal. And it was such a spectacle. Every time he took the court, I mean, remember, I mean, it was twice in his rookie season. He took down the court. I mean, he took down the rim. And you're <laughs> thinking like, like, what is going on? Um, well, let me start with you, GA. I mean, your, your, your thoughts on, and again, you, you've been such a big Shaq fan. I mean, when you trace your, your, um, you know, how you became a Clippers fan was the moment that the, that Shaq left the Lakers, you did as well. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on uh Shaq getting his number retired, G. Eh?
1: I mean, it's, it is so apropos. It is, he is the definition of, I mean, have they haven't really been great since.
2: Right? And one year, one,
1: one year with yeah, went to the Howard. Finals, yeah. yeah, just one year,
2: but yeah, besides, you know, yeah, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's man. Like, I define greatness not only by rings, but I also define greatness by if they have to change the rules for you. That's right. There's something <laughs> to be said about you. They had to change the rims for Shaq and the backboard strength for Shaq. They had. There's literally a rule called Hack-A-Shaq that we now <laughs> have to this day. Like that man that transitioned everything we know about basketball, right? Um. So... I, I, yeah, this is this is very well-deserved. This is kind of, and I get it, like, back in the day, I mean, a million dollars, I think it was a million dollars, right, was what he was getting or something like that. He oh, was like, yeah. a like It was more than that, but
2: it was it was yeah. so crazy, the fact that, like, l- listen, I mean, you're not paying uh, his contract, Joe Fan, like, you know, like, so, right. um, and, and Shaq just took so, such offense because I think the poll was so lopsided. It was like 90 yeah. to 10 that Shaq did not deserve this contract.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's kind of... It, it, this is also a time we have to re- realize this is also a time where nobody left. People weren't yeah, leaving yep. teams. They were still staying with their team. Jordan was still with the Bulls. Like, if you were with the Lakers, you were going to be with the Lakers. You weren't jumping ship, right, to go someplace else to win a title. Like, there was no big three back then where like you left so you can be with this big three you know Katie leaving etc so this is back during a different era during a different time of basketball but yeah I mean and this is also when Shaq like no offense to the Lakers but to me this is when Shaq was really in his prime that he could have just done something like phenomenal with that team I really actually did root for you know the Orlando Magic back then I thought that they were like it with Penny and everything but it obviously didn't go that way but yeah, he, he deserves this. He still deserves it because they wouldn't have been on the map at all if it wasn't yeah. for him. If he wasn't there at all, he wouldn't, you know, um, they wouldn't even have this story. They would have been like the nothing burger team. So, yeah, he deserves this. I think he deserves more. I love Shaq. i I've always, to this day, I will always say it, like that man is the reason why I stopped being a Laker fan. So, Shaq, you deserve all the kudos, all the cred. 100% I'm on board. Give him multiple um, statues, Orlando. <laughs> Give him, give him all the statues, all the rings, whatever he wants. Give it to him because he deserves it. Transcended our game.
2: Yep. Your yeah, just
0: I, I think that, you know, what he said, too, is that this one will probably be the most special one just because, yeah. you know, I think when you, when you start your career with a team and, you know, you, obviously you go to the Lakers and you have so much success. But when you start and you're a rookie and you get you're start in a, in a city and they embrace you like that, obviously it's going to mean a lot to him. So I, I'm very glad that Orlando did him right and got him that that retiring because, look, he like Jihei and you, yourself would say, like he deserves this from the city of Orlando. They still love him there. Um, you know even though it went out on bad terms he's still an orlando magic legend so i'm glad they did this
2: no doubt about that again i mean I, whenever i think about you know should a player get his jersey retired if you cannot tell the story of that franchise without that player uh you know that that, that is your test there and so uh, shaq kudos to him the number 32 obviously when he came to the Lakers that was magic johnson's number so it went to number 34 the 33 obviously with Kareem all right that's all the time We have for the game, let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy.
0: This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe.